Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I'm so excited because I have a guest on the show and she is going to share her story of strength and resilience. And I always say when we share these stories of strength and resilience, it's so powerful because we can learn so much from each other. And the reality is, is that there are so many people going through what we're going through. So just knowing that is amazing to help us so that we don't feel any energy of shame or just embarrassment around loving someone with an addiction because there is no shame in it. It is so many people are going through similar struggles to you if you're listening to this. So that is my message to you. And I'm so excited for your bravery, Kelly, for being (laughs) on the show. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, my name is Kelly. I'm 31. Um, I have a son. Um, I also have a stepdaughter, um, who lives with me. Um, and I'm a hairdresser and, and you have to see your hair right now. I know everyone's listening to the podcast. Her hair looks incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, And my partner is, um, the one who struggles with addiction in my life and one of them anyway, but, um, yeah. So can you tell us what has been the biggest struggle for you loving someone with an addiction? Um, probably just always coming second or third or whatever, just never, never coming first, no matter whether he's in active addiction or if he's in recovery. Um, just the hardest part is that I feel like either either drugs come first, um, or recovery comes first. And that's understandable, but it's still hard to, um, come to terms with once, once he started doing the work and I started realizing that like, wow, we're never going to be number one. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And yes, that is so hard. And that is, that is the realities of loving someone with an addiction. Like we never come first. Addiction mm-hmm. comes first, or like you said, a recovery comes first. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that realization is, is very hard. It's like, well, wait a second, actually we should come first. <laughs> I want to, but I mean, I'm happy to, I'm, I'm happy to come second to recovery rather than addiction. Of course. Yeah. And- and so I'm curious then uh, if that was, that's the biggest struggle. And I love the way you put that. Like um, that is one of the biggest struggles for you is recognizing that, you know what, I'm coming second or third or even fourth. Um, so what is particularly hard about that for you? Um, 
with having young kids, um, just doing it a lot alone. Yeah. And taking care of them and just simple things like making them dinner and giving them baths and, you know, doing their laundry and, and getting them in bed and just everything I do mostly alone. Yes. Yeah. And so common, right? Like keep it, I always say your whole, um, someone told me the other day, it's like, I'm the cleanup crew. It's like, you're going in, you're like, you're, you know, doing the laundry, you're maintaining the household and, you know, the cleanup crew. And and that doesn't feel so great. I remember I felt like that. It's like, oh my gosh. Right. So that it is hard. It is hard. And I know a lot of people listening here are probably finding themselves in the same situation. They're shaking their heads going, yep, I'm definitely third, fourth, fifth in the line here. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one like keeping it all together. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, um, how, how is it that you're tapping into your strength, that you're taking your power back? Like, what are some of the things that you're doing? Um, well, I feel like I mean, just doing it, not having a choice, um, and maintaining my business. I work for myself, um, in a salon. So just keeping that for myself too, because, um, it's a nice time where I get to, my clients are my friends, you know, I get to hang out with them and I also get to make money while I do it, which is great. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, I love my kids. It's hard taking care of them and cleaning up after them, but I love spending time with them and taking them places. And, um, and now my partner's in recovery, he's in sober living. So he comes home and stays with us on the weekends. So he'll actually be here this afternoon. Um, and he stays and we do, we get to be a family on the weekends. And then during the, during the week, it's like, back to the grind of doing everything alone. But, um, but yeah, and just standing up to myself to him, like when he's using, um, and learning like what my boundaries are, uh, learning to hold them, um, things like that. Oh my gosh. Well, you said so many things that, and I just want to celebrate your courage and, um, look at you, like you're running your own business. You're and your business has like, uh, you know, double benefits because you're communicating with friends, but you're also making an income for yourself and, um, you know, keeping that all together and celebrating that you are like taking care of your children in such a loving way and seeing it as much work as it is, you're still like, still loving it. And it's part of your power and taking them out and um, having outings, which is fun for them and mm-hmm. you. And um, also this idea of standing up for yourself is so important. Um, and, and that is one of the ways you've taken back your power or just like tap into your power. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the listeners might be wondering, okay, like I know boundaries, they're just so hard to put into place. So for the listeners, um, can you give some examples of some boundaries that maybe you've set or how you are able to kind of reinforce your boundaries? Um, yeah, so it's taken a long time, um, to figure that out. I feel like since, I mean, we've been together, we were together in high school. Um, so that was coming up 14 years ago now, Okay, holy. um, but I mean, we've had breaks in between, but, um, 
really like the last, like in 2020, I found out about his addiction and his struggle and we had already had our son and, um, you know, I was in denial for a long time. I knew something was going on with him. Um, I didn't really know what, um, I started, you know, Googling, like, what does it look like when somebody's on drugs, you know? Um, <laughs> Google becomes our best friend. Isn't that funny? We had absolutely no boundaries because I, I just didn't even want to admit to what was going on. Um, so he would, you know, he was crashing cars and, and his things were being stolen and his money was all spent and I would let him use my car and I would let him use my credit card. And like, I know I shouldn't say it. I still have a hard time feeling like I'm so stupid for doing that. I know, I know that I'm not, but I still kind of, I struggle with like not feeling that way. Um, but over time I've learned like nothing good comes from giving him my car. Nothing good comes from giving him my credit card or letting him borrow money. You know, he doesn't pay me back and, um, things like that. So I eventually like, it was like one boundary at a time, you know, like, no, like I'm working, I'm paying everything for the kids. You are not taking my money. And, you know, I pay for my car. You crashed yours. I, this is the car I drive my kids around in. And, you know, you're not taking my car. Um, and just laying them like kind of, as I found out, as I lived through what I couldn't live through, um, is like what I, when I started setting them, Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So many things there. Um, <laughs> denial 100%. Like I literally listening to your story, I'm seeing it going, well, I could have just said the exact same thing about my experience. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the idea too, is that oftentimes the addiction is hidden, right? And then it's just bizarre behavior, downward spiral, like bizarre things happening. It's like, you know, it's not really them. They're not acting like themselves anymore. And just peculiar, like money going missing, like late nights, like all these kind of bis- obscure things. And I too was in denial in the beginning. And, and it's so crazy because I even, I've been revisiting my journal because I'm going to slowly start processing what I journaled when I was in the muck. And one of the things is, oh my God, how could you be so stupid? How was I so stupid? It's like, that's like a reoccurring theme in my journal. And it just, and when I hear you saying it, it just absolutely breaks my heart because it is not that we're stupid. It's the fact that we love this person that we love these people and we are acting in a loving kind support way because we are good people right and so I just want to like from my heart to yours like no 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 you are not (laughs) stupid no you know you are 100% showing up in such a beautiful loving way and then I do absolutely want to celebrate the fact that you recognize you know what though um I need some boundaries here. Like this has crossed the line. I can no longer go on like this. It's like once it crossed that line for you, you you set those boundaries up to protect 
you. I always say boundaries are not for that other person to try and, and, and change their behavior. I love that you set those boundaries up because you need a car to drive your kids in. You need, you, you raise enough money to pay for your own car. And to, you know, so all these things and those boundaries were really for you and your kids and your family. So what I'm coming back to here is I love that you're putting yourself first and that you have, even though maybe someone else isn't putting you first, um, when you practice those boundary settings is, wow, that, that takes courage and it's really about, um, self-care and putting yourself first. So I just wanted to, to highlight that and, and bring that to your attention. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yes. Yay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so you took back your power by practicing some boundaries, connecting with community, some friends. Um, you you know you put your business first. You focus forward, and you know put your business you know um, as one of your main focuses. Your children, of course. Um, is there anything else that you did to kind of take back your power that can be inspiring for our listeners? Um, I think like the biggest one was leaving with every single relapse. Um, I think he's had four relapses, um, since 2020. And so in total has been to rehab five times. Um, but with every time, you know, we've, every time he's, you know, taking it way too far, I can't handle it anymore. My kids don't need to be around it. Um, it's, it's been for me because I drive myself so crazy. Um, you know, following him out to the garage or down in the basement or out to the car or, um, wherever he may go to sneak away for a few minutes. Um, I would go insane. (laughs) So, and then I, I know I would notice that like I'm more like hyper focused on that than my kids. And um, my stepdaughter has had a really hard time. Um, she's eight years old, and she um, doesn't like to be alone. She gets really nervous when she's alone. So if if he was like snuck out to the garage, and I followed him, I would close the door because I wouldn't want her to see what he was doing. Um, but she would get so upset behind the closed door that I'm I'm holding it shut so she can't get out there and see what's going on. But I want to, I feel like I can stop them. Um, and so just like I hit that point where like his addiction comes first to me. And I'm like, no, like this is backwards and, and I have to get out. I have to leave. I have to get my kids out or he has to leave. And um, with every time, like it's, it's taken various amounts of time each time but he goes back to rehab and he gets help because because I know after trying this many times um that isn't the lifestyle he wants and it's insane to me how strong addiction is and um how powerful it is um but not only have those boundaries helped me um I feel like they have helped him 
Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. We need to say that again. So the boundaries that you created have not only helped you, they've also helped him because addiction is so strong. It's so powerful. Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. And, it, and doing it, laying those boundaries and like actually following through, um, you don't know whether it's going to help them or not. Um, like, I kind of wonder like if, if he doesn't have us, if he's not home, like, where's he going to be? Who's he going to be with? What's he going to be doing? Is he going to, um, crash another car and kill himself that way? Or is he going to overdose or, um, is he going to get involved with the wrong people? Is he going to, you know, try to steal from the wrong person? You know, there's every million questions running through my mind and, um, but not knowing how he's going to react to my leaving or my boundaries. Um, it could push him further, um, or it could save him. And, um, every time it seemed to have helped in my situation. So I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. And, and, and also to recognize that those boundaries are for you to keep you and your family safe and, and knowing what you will or will not like allow into your life and mm -hmm. um, that all those what ifs and all those, you know, it's so common for our brains to go down there, right? If we don't let them come in, I used to say doors lock at 1am. Like if you're not home by then, like you're not coming in, then I started thinking, oh gosh, if I actually lock the door. So then I went back on my boundary that I was creating, like, is he right, not like what are you going to do instead yes. if you can't get in? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, is he just going to stay out all night then? And then is that going to make him do more drugs? And then is that right. overdose? Like, your brain goes down this like, blah, 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 blah. and yeah. so it is so challenging. So we can't necessarily go down that path. And you said something so profound. I love the way you said it is you caught yourself and you're like, I cannot let this dick addiction take first place or be in first place, like take precedence over everything. In fact, you were even noticing it was doing it. Um, you were letting it take first place in your own behavior. And so it's almost like you even said it the way you said it was so amazing. You're like, no, like you literally said no to yourself. No, I'm not letting this addiction, um, take the driver's seat anymore. And right. And so that is gold. So now I, I, we're all thinking, okay, how can we do that? Cause we wish that we could like not let addiction take the driver's seat anymore. How, is it as simple as saying no and just being firm or, or is there like a strategy that we can come up with to kind of catch ourselves when we are letting that happen? Um, I think for me, it's just come to a point where I don't have any other option. Mm -hmm. Um, but it feels extremely selfish. Um, it's really hard, um, to, you know, I'm such a caretaker <laughs> and, um, probably codependent and, um, you just have to be selfish. Like you just, I don't know, you just, I make up my mind and it's set, um, that, I don't know. This is the line. Like we're not crossing it anymore. And, um, yeah, you just, you just do it. I don't know. You kind of, I, I, I kind of just go numb and, and think like, I think of my kids, I try to distract myself. We go on hikes. They have like a trail system up here behind my house. We go on little hikes and, um, you know, we play outside, we have a pool, 
Um, we just try to stay busy. And I just, instead of like putting my energy into him and his addiction, I put my energy into my kids and, and, um, they're a great distraction. (laughs) Oh my God. I, and I love it. And not even so much of a distraction is just a wonderful part of your life, right? It kind of pulls you into the present moment, allows you to really savor your children going out into nature. I always call it like, you know, it's, it's a wonderful healing experience going into nature and it's great for down-regulating our nervous system. So the fact that you're doing that is so great. Um, And I love how you put it. You're putting energy into you. So instead of putting the energy on addiction, you're literally sucking back. And I love your words. Even if it's saying no, like, no, like that's not happening anymore. It's like making that mental decision and determination. It's like, no, like, and you started off saying, I'm tired of not being put first it's like you're literally like yeah you put addiction first it's like well actually no I'm going to now put myself first and and putting the energy into you is so powerful and seems to have worked so well for you in terms of regaining your strength and your power mm-hmm. and what comes to mind is that you're practicing you know exercising self-care but this courage and we know I, I created the new four c's I don't know if you know <laughs> I call them the s-y-k-m four c's it's because like there's the three c's where you didn't cause it, you can't control it, you can't cure it. And um, so those four C's are kind of focused on what you can't do and what you don't have control over. Whereas I created the the four C's, the SYKM four C's, which is self-compassion. So recognize, you know what? I deserve better than this. Acknowledging that, you know, what emotions are coming up and it doesn't feel right. Like this isn't okay. And honoring that I'm practicing self-compassion, recognizing that this, like I deserve better than this. And then the idea of self-care is like, you're taking care, good care of yourself. You're getting out into nature. You're um, doing things to help you. And then this idea of courage, holy cow, like look at the strength it's taking for you. Every time he relapsed, you're stepping away. So I just want to celebrate your bravery and your courage that you have inside you, that you are doing this. And we all have that. We all have courage. We all have strength. And sometimes when you love someone with an addiction, we really got to dig deep, right? For that strength Mm -hmm. and that courage. And that saying no, just speaks volumes to me and and having the mindset that I need to take care of myself. I need to focus on me. I need to have this courage to set that boundary and recognize I'm no longer going to put addiction first. I'm putting myself and my, my, what matters most to me, my family, my kids first, Mm -hmm. um, and then energy into you. And then also I love the other C, the fourth C is the community, right? And so you, you have your community with your work, your friends, and, um, you are a part of the SYKM community as well, which is great having you. And um, yeah, so you're doing so many things to really um, tap into your strength and your resilience. And I just want to celebrate that. Yay. So if you had one message um, uh, that you wanted to share with the listeners for maybe someone who is in the muck um, and and maybe struggling right now or for anyone listening, um, what would your what would your message be to them? Um, I think that, um, just putting yourself first because you reach a point where, um, you can't, you know, that you can't, um, continue on the way you are with this person. Um, and whatever the outcome is like before, when I said, either it could push them to get help and do better, or it could push them further 
you have to be okay with either one. Um, because like, yeah, one option sucks more than the other, but, um, almost like nothing sucks more than being stuck in it yourself and, um, just letting go like of that control that you don't have, that you think you might have that you don't. Um, and just letting whatever happen happen, you know, they're in control of their lives and you're in control of yours and just finding that difference. You have to find that difference because, um, you'll go crazy trying to control other people. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so wonderful. Such a good message to put yourself first and, and let go of the outcome and and recognize that you will literally get, I always say it's like quicksand. You're going to get sucked into the quicksand with them, or you're going to, if you're trying to save them, you're going to get pulled down under the water with them. So um, yes, I love this, this um, tidbit of information and just support and inspiration that you've provided us to put yourself first and that, you know, that we are in control of our lives and that's it. And as you know, this whole community is all about taking back your power and focusing on you, having the courage to focus on you so you can put your life back together. And um, mm-hmm. I cannot thank you, Kelly, enough for being here and your bravery for showing up and sharing your story of strength and resilience. And uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.